Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So let's move on, shall we? Let's move to our first guest, Dr. Pranitha Pillay, um, who is a specialist oncologist and a founder of Treating Cancer. And we're going to be talking about genetic testing for cancer. And if you remember, I think it was all the way back in 2013 when Angelina Jolie, who had lost her mother to, I think it was breast cancer, and she decided to have genetic testing. And she found that there was a mutation in the BRCA1 gene, that there was a high risk of breast cancer and um, uh, ovarian cancer. And so she had a hysterectomy and a mastectomy. And you know, it was a huge talking point. Um, and she, she had a whole lot of interviews and she put her point forward, but certainly it was a turning point, I think, for everybody. And uh, when it came to genetic testing for cancer. So we're going to be unpacking the subject with uh, Dr. Pillay. I'm just talking about, you know, is it possible? What are the possibilities? What are the pros and cons? So Dr. Pillay, um, good afternoon and thank you very, very much for joining us. Good afternoon, Nikki, and thank you for having me. And good afternoon to your listeners. Wonderful, wonderful. So we hear about genetic testing. Um, you know, people are looking at genetic testing in all areas of life. We're looking specifically at genetic testing for cancer. How does it work? It's simply just examining a sample, which is blood, some fluid, or a piece of tissue, and we're looking for some genetic marker, whether there's a presence of it or, in fact, the absence of it that will help to tell us something about the disease. And it's sort of either before you get sick or, you know, when you do get sick. And so the one is to diagnose. So we use it, which is, so you have fallen ill, and now we want to see if it, if it's due to a, a genetic um, cancer. The other one is that, well, we think you pre, we know you're predisposed, maybe a family member, and then we would want to test to predict, are you a carrier? Maybe you have a a disposition. Could you pass it on to your children? Um, and so it's before you come, before you become ill, what can we do to predict? And the other one is actually, we don't know, are you predisposed at all? And you, you're not ill, but can we sort of in some way make a risk prediction? Um, and so, you know, in terms of cancer specifically, but, but in general, we're all well aware of genetic testing. For example, when you do your prenatal testing, right? So mm. you might check for Down syndrome. So, so it's the same principle. Yeah. I hear you. So interesting, Dr. Pillay. So let's look at how specific it is. You talk about looking for a marker and you're saying, you know, it's a, like a simple little blood test. It's, it's, it's a nothing. Um, how, how accurate is it and how possible is it to hone in? Like I, I mentioned, um, you know, Angelina Jolie said so they, I think she was looking specifically for the, the BRCA1 gene, but how, yeah, how, how specific do you have to be? How can you see just from these bloods and from these markers that these, they could be a predisposition to this particular cancer or, or that particular illness? Right. So, I mean, the, the key principle is, well, what, what is it, right? What are we actually check, checking for? Yeah. And if you remember that days of biology and DNA, which is essentially that double, you know, stranded, it's like a ladder and there's these little steps. And each step is quite unique, you know, and all you need is just for one little thing 
to change. So instead of the A meeting a T, it doesn't. It's two Ts. And these little steps, a short sort of sequence of them become what we call genes. And they you know, scattered on all these chromosomes, uh, which we all have, you know, 23 pairs, right? So what does it do? It makes proteins. And so you can see it. That controls everything that happens in our body. And so any little change along that sequence results in something that could go wrong. The reality is it usually takes a lot of these steps to manifest as something clinically. And then you can pass it on if it happens on, for example, um, chromosomes that do pass on to your children, or it could just be happening sporadically, right? So just by chance, pure chance. And and it's interesting, I sort of always use the examples of, you know, the rolling stones, you know. All you need to do is to change the T to the C and you get the rolling scones. And that, yeah. you know, in essence yeah. would already make you say that's very, very different. So it's a bit of that concept. And so it gives us a very good idea once we test, which is, well, well, what does, what happens with it? Um, and we know that some are quite dominant. You know, if you get it, it starts to manifest, whereas others, you do need maybe two more copies of it. So that kind of specificity you're saying, which is like, oh, you know, is this really true? The truth is that we are much better at it. The technology many, many, many years ago was, was not as good as, as it is today. So, you know, as much as it is not definitive, it will not tell you that you will get an illness. Definitely not. Um, it doesn't mean you will get sick, right? Um, and it certainly is, is not saying with, with a hundred percent that you can't have it in the future, but that goes for almost everything in life, eh? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, too true. Dr. Pillar, I love, I love the way you explained that. And I love the, the rolling stones becoming the rolling scones. And, um, and I suppose that that is what you call a genetic mutation when these steps, when, you know, they meet in the wrong place. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, let's continue with this conversation. Um, and let's look at if you, if you do identify something, um, as there is some kind of mutation, what, what the next step would be. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Pranitha Pillay uh, joins us today. Um, um, Dr. Pillay is a specialist oncologist and founder of Treating Cancer. Um, we've been talking about genetic testing for cancer and Dr. Pillay has been explaining it wonderfully because really I certainly am the layman here, uh, Dr. Pillay. Um, you spoke about, um, these letters. You spoke about what, you know, the genes, the steps of the genes and we've got these chromosomes and the mutation can happen and that's what you're looking out for. Um, if when you, when you do see some kind of mutation, you see something of what, what is the next step? So the thing is that we want to say there's no reason to panic, right? In fact, yeah. there's only a benefit to knowing because right. it allows you to, what is it? That one thing that's so hard in life to kind of feel like you're in control. And that's what it does. It gives you so much of, of that, which is, well, what do I do and what can I prevent? And, and so you really want to get a sense, which is, 
what are my personal risk for this? And so we do a full risk analysis for yourself, looking at your family. All of these things are what helps us to now narrow down, which is what do I do with the result, okay? So if you have one family member versus, you know, 10, um, it will change how we might interpret the result. And so what is what we see is then we say, you know, for the person, which is, well, can we predict? How can we prevent? Oh, wait a minute, you might have a risk that increases your chance. Well, let's screen you much earlier instead of when you're older, so we could pick it up earlier. And then it more importantly today in this world of where we don't have much treatments, is that if you do have a particular mutation or, or um, predisposition, is that we can now give you treatment that's directed to you. It's called precision medicine. And it's changed the face of oncology. And so what it does is it allows us to give some hope to patients that we're able to do better for them. And, and you know, I think the main thing here is, is it is scary. Yeah. Yeah. But you really want to have a sense of who this person is. You know, what matters to them? Um, can I pass it on to my children? Can I actually catch something earlier? And I can live longer, you know. And one of the things about genetic screening is that it's kind of the gift you give your children, their children, and their children. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why despite it might feeling, you know, overwhelming and why should I know anyway, um, the benefit of it is, is remarkable. But I think, you know, we shouldn't underestimate that the uncertainty and questions that you have. And that's why it's so, so critical that, you know, just ask, just ask. Don't be afraid to ask your, you know, anybody actually for who you might meet in your GP or your um, nurse in a hospital, your social worker, um, or ask to see somebody who could help you. And they are specifically called genetic counselors and they're amazing. eh? Absolutely amazing. Listen, this technology is fascinating because, as you said, it really does put the ball in the court of the individual. Like you get to decide um, how you want to move forward. You know, do you want to make necessary changes? As you say, um, if you have some, some kind of predisposition, it means you need to go for more checks. Then that's what you would do if you've got to change your lifestyle or how you eat or whatever it is. I mean, these are these are good things. But I do think, as you said, Dr. Pillay, that there is a lot of, you know, the unknown, the anxiety, what it would bring up. Like if you if you do hear you have a predisposition what does that do to your mind does it play in your mind do you start to all of a sudden project into this uncertain future and think oh my goodness this could happen so the focus that I'm hearing you say the focus really is that it's putting the power in your hands um, and and you can move forward in a very positive way so before I get to the next question I just want to say that an example I came across recently was I was uh, chatting to a doctor about hormone replacement therapy and I was saying um, you know, hormone replacement therapy and a link to cancer and whatnot. And she said, you know, hormone replacement therapy is unbelievable. It is fantastic. She said, and I myself have had the genetic testing and I know that I have a predisposition and all it means is I can go on the hormone replacement, but there's certain things I have to manage or there's certain things I have to look out for. 
So she used this as actually a way to enhance her health and her overall experience. Um, and I'm sure that that's how you want people to use it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I trust me, there's one thing I understand very well, which is fear. Yeah. And yeah, but you know, you know, if we used your example and let's say the risk of, of um, cancers is that what we've learned today is we, you know, it's not the old days where it is literally cut off your breast, take out your ovaries. Um, yeah. You cannot have anything. You cannot have children. No, we're so much better. We're so much better at saying, well, let's make sure we do it properly. Let's time it perfectly. Let's make sure that we decrease the risk, which is exactly the point. And so mm-hmm. let's time when you get pregnant. Let's make sure that um, we screen for you much more often. Um, we will do a risk calculation and then we say, okay, I'm willing to give this up. You know, doc, I accept that I, I'd rather have this for that. And yeah. then we sort of make your personal decision. And I think you know, it's what you speak to, right? Which is the social pressure. Social pressure on patients is phenomenal. And that can come from, I'm scared. I don't really want anybody to know about it. Or, you know, people might say this and, and in fact, Google, right? Let's, let's say as much as that. And so normally I say to patients, I know you might just do that, but rather know how to Google. I think it's a problem when when doctors tell patients, you know, uh, not to go. I think what our responsibility is to say, well, this is what I want you to do. You know, this is how you actually search. These are the piece, the questions that you have, and this is how you would go about looking at it. So, you know, it's 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 incredible. I cannot explain and express how much we're able to do. So, for example, you know, if we use BRCA, um, with the historically, oh, it's breast cancer. Then we learned that there's two types and that it's ovarian cancer as well. But today we know it's uh, patients, certain patients with prostate cancer are, would have the gene colon, pancreatic. And so it's much broader than just you and maybe one cancer, right? right. And so we are able to say, just inform yourself, um, right. make sure that you I guess it's almost asking that if I could have done something, would I taken the chance? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not missed the opportunity. But at the same time, you always, always have the right to, to not do something, but you must be informed. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Yeah. So I think Absolutely. that when, when we make it too simple, you know, and when we sort of dictate, that's not, that's not how we, how we can help. How we can help yeah. is make sure that we say, well, what can we do for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and is this, is this, most patients actually, once they know, it's interesting that, that there is a breath of relief because that's kind of hovering over you a little bit. You know, but I think also we know in, in, in the, in population that might be listening to your station, like, um, Ashkenazi Jews, for example, um, it's, it's very well accepted in that community. They know they have an increased risk that's very significant for some. Um, and the community as a whole have accepted why testing is important, right? So, you know, I think that 
that solidarity and group support and and the ability for us to show solid you know sort of um empathy right um mm-hmm. that it's okay you know Dr. Pillay, thank you so much for that. Just before we do say goodbye, um, let it land, let everyone, because I think it's so important, very, very quickly, and I'm not sure if you do have access to this information, but for people who are listening right now and going, this is something I want to look at. I, I, I am interested in genetic screening. I do want to know. I see that it's a journey because I may have to go to a counselor or, you know, you, you, you have to analyze the risks and then move forward to their plans. Is it covered by medical aid? Do you know? Yes. So, you know, yes. the, problem, <laughs> the problem with medical aid is we have to fight very hard <laughs> for yeah. it, right? Yeah. But, uh, we, we're very good at knowing just how to make sure that, that you have access to what you, what you okay. should. Um, okay. and so, you know, it's a, it's a little bit complicated for some cases, but to be frank, uh, honestly, there's good reason that they will pay for it. We haven't had problems for that. Okay. Um, and, and, if if any of your listeners have some information, they're welcome to go and and contact me. It's um, www.treatingcancer.coza, um, and you can read and you can ask your questions and and you know do not hesitate. Yeah, do not hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Oh, fantastic, Dr. Pillay. It's such an interesting um, discussion. We could really go into more, but we've run out of time. But I thank you for your time. Thank you so much for joining us. So, people, you've given the, the your website, and people can contact you via the website, um, and that, of course, being genetic screening. Dr. Um, Pillay, thank you very much for joining us. It's been really wonderful having you on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you, Dr. Pillay. Dr. Pranitha Pillay, specialist oncologist and founder of Treating Cancer, talking about genetic testing for cancer, the screening, um, and a very interesting conversation about it. And I hope that you found it, yeah, as interesting as I did.